is paper the ultimate cybersecurity tool and Microsoft on the defense over its antivirus program. These stories and more coming up in the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. We begin today's ISMG Security Report with a look at our reliance, some would say over-reliance, on information technology and the vulnerabilities it presents. Some experts suggest that in certain situations, we should abandon technology and adopt non-tech solutions to safeguard our security and privacy. No, we're not talking about turning into Luddites. That would be impractical and frankly impossible in today's information-dependent world. But conditions exist when using paper or similar stuff might make sense. One such situation came up this week at a Senate Intelligence Committee hearing on Russian hacking of America's voting system. Here's Democratic Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon. We need better cybersecurity to protect elections from being hacked in the first place. And that means solutions like Oregon's vote-by-mail system that has a strong paper trail, air-gapped computers, and enough time to fix the problems if they pop up. Independent Senator Angus King of Maine also chimed in. The Dutch just had an election where they just decided to make it all paper and count the ballots by hand. Now, technology wouldn't be eliminated entirely by going to paper ballots. Optical scanners, for instance, would be used to read the paper ballots. But touchscreen voting machines that could be hacked would be replaced. Among the witnesses testifying before the Senate Intelligence Committee advocating paper ballots, Voting Systems Expert and University of Michigan Computer Science Professor Alex Halderman. Paper provides a physical record of the vote that simply can't be hacked. President Trump made this point well on Fox News the morning of the election. He said, there's something really nice about the old paper ballot system. You don't worry about hacking. We need to use the paper to make sure that the computer results are right. This is a common sense quality control, and it should be routine. Using what's known as a risk-limiting audit, officials can check a small random sample of the ballots to quickly and affordably provide high assurance that the election outcome was correct. It's not just voting systems that could rely more on non-tech solutions. My colleague, Healthcare InfoSecurity Executive Editor Marianne Kolbasak-McGee, recently spoke with Drew Hamilton. He's the director of the Center for Cyber Innovation at Mississippi State University. Eric, Hamilton presents a scenario where computerized imaging systems get hacked and the challenges healthcare professionals must overcome to treat their patients. If the central machines that you're pulling that imagery from have been infected, you have a very difficult choice. You have a manual option that might be better. Hamilton says a physical copy of the image can be used when the security of computerized systems are compromised. If you continue to operate the machine, You need to have a good network architecture to know what other devices are connected to that repository of x-ray imaging. And you make a decision whether you want to continue to operate or not. You can't just say, well, turn it off because of the mission of the equipment. On the other hand, if you have a malware infection, I'd also be very concerned about malware that maybe is pretending to do one thing, but also has a hidden functionality worth corrupting medical data records, which I think would be worse. This all goes back to basic risk assessment. When using an automated internet-connected system for efficiencies and expedience become so vulnerable, we must decide whether to go back in time and adopt paper solutions. 
Unfortunately, those situations will continue to arise. Perhaps someday systems will be built where such vulnerabilities won't exist. Till then, we must, from time to time, adopt old-fashioned methods to conduct securely the business that keeps our society functioning. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. Using paper ballots is not the only approach to mitigate cyber risk in elections. Employing air-gap voting and tallying systems are another way some officials see as a means to secure the integrity of elections. The notion behind air-gap computers is that they cannot be hacked because they're not connected to the internet. So hackers without physical access to the voting system cannot cause havoc. But that's not necessarily the case. Think of Stuxnet. Stuxnet is a computer worm that in 2010 reportedly disabled one-fifth of Iran's nuclear centrifuges. Those centrifuges were not connected to the internet, so the attackers, believed to be American and Israeli intelligence, resorted to other means. One theory has it that the Americans and Israelis infected Stuxnet on a USB drive belonging to a Russian contractor. The contractor, and not the attackers, then connected the drive to the computer system running the centrifuges, passing along the Stuxnet worm. But other ways exist to hack air-gap computers using the internet. How can that be? We again turn to Alex Holderman, the University of Michigan computer science professor who testified before the Senate Intelligence Committee. Holderman provided the senators with a brief tutorial on how to hack an air-gapped computer. He explained that voting machines must be programmed with the design of the ballot, the races, and candidates before the election. The programming is known as an election management system and typically is created on an internet-connected desktop computer operated by local election officials or private contractors. Pieces of election IT equipment, IT offices, where the election programming is prepared are ever connected to the Internet. The machines themselves don't have to be directly connected to the Internet for, for a remote attacker to target them. Hackers, in theory, could breach the desktop system and place malware on it. When officials install the election management system onto voting machines by means other than the Internet, they transfer the malware as well. Is Microsoft exploiting an update to its ubiquitous operating system to the detriment of security software providers? ISMG Security Technology Editor Jeremy Kirk takes a stab at an answer. Microsoft has sought to get in front of a brewing controversy over whether it disadvantages third-party antivirus products. The company is seeking to dampen charges that are reminiscent of its years-long legal tangles with global antitrust regulators. At issue is a feature update to Windows 10 that Microsoft released in April. The Russian antivirus vendor Kaspersky Lab says that update disabled its security software and then turned on Microsoft's own security tool, which is called Windows Defender Antivirus. Kaspersky said earlier this month it filed two antitrust suits against Microsoft with the European Commission and Germany's Federal Cartel Office. Those lawsuits contend Microsoft pushes away users from using third-party security products in order to favor its own. Microsoft addressed Kaspersky's concerns in a recent blog post that curiously doesn't mention the Russian company. In the post, Microsoft contends it tried to ensure that antivirus vendors were aware of changes in the Windows update that could affect their products. It releases technical information to vendors before updates are released. But Kaspersky has alleged that Microsoft has reduced this time period, making it more difficult for it to have a product ready before an update's general release. Microsoft didn't deny that it flicked off some third-party AV applications due to incompatibilities. 
but it maintains that most security applications were fine. There are key questions that remain to be answered, such as why didn't Kaspersky have a compatible version of its software ready when that wasn't a problem for most other vendors? Also, is it anti-competitive for Microsoft to turn on Windows Defender antivirus absent another security application on a machine? At least on the latter question, there's a clear answer. No, it just makes common sense. As we've seen the attack landscape become more aggressive over the last two months with ransomware worms such as WannaCry, it's morally right to ensure users have at least some level of protection. Plus, Microsoft has little financial stake in consumer security software. Windows Defender Antivirus is free and ships with the operating system. Unlike antitrust concerns in the past, such as the browser battle, it's easily recognized that security software isn't just a feature anymore, it's an essential component for safer computing. Now, whether Microsoft can convince regulators of this, as well as refute some of Kaspersky's more granular allegation, remains to be seen. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. Finally, in the U.S. Congress, cybersecurity, unlike healthcare and taxes, has been one of the few issues where Republicans and Democrats have cooperated. But is this collaboration about to end? Republican Representative John Ratcliffe of Texas chairs the House Homeland Security, Cybersecurity, and Infrastructure Protection Subcommittee. And he says he fears cybersecurity could become partisan because of the clamor surrounding Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. Speaking at a national security forum this week, as reported by The Hill, Ratcliffe says, that when looking at Russian interference with the 2016 presidential election, and I quote, this is really the first time where I'm starting to see the cybersecurity issue get contaminated, frankly, by partisanship, where I wish this was not the case. Is this much ado about nothing? True, aspects of Russian hacking could be politicized, as President Donald Trump shows little interest when blaming the Kremlin for the cyber attacks on the U.S. electoral system. But when it comes to the nuts and bolts of implementing policy, there's no evidence that cybersecurity has been politicized. After all, when the president issued his cybersecurity executive order earlier this year, Democrats were as effusive as Republicans over it. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time.